This is episode 74 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, your host, and today I have the dynamic Ian Anderson Gray with me. He is, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. He's the founder of Serious Social, a blog that's focused on social media tools. He's an international speaker, a trainer, a teacher, a web developer, and a consultant. He has a passion for making the techno babble of social media marketing easy to understand. Can I get an amen, you guys? <laughs> Ian is the co- co-founder of Select Performers, a family-run web agency, as well as being a geek husband and a dad of two kids. Ian's also a professional singer, and he lives in Manchester, the United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Bella. It's great to be here. I have to say, I think you're the first singer I've ever had on the show. I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you mind singing a few bars for us? Oh, dear. I just don't know where to start. Let me think. How about a folk song? Um... Oh, Shenandoah, I long to see you away, you rolling river. Will that do? (laughs) That is so cool. (laughs) You are now down in history as the first one who has ever sung on Bella in your business. So thank you so much. So go ahead and take a moment and fill in some of those gaps for us. I kind of gave an overview of who you are, but how did you end up sitting here with me and being this international speaker and just web extraordinaire? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think we all have these kind of interesting stories. My background when I was at school, I was definitely involved in music. Music was my passion, but I was also a bit of a geek. And it's quite cool these days because being a geek is actually a cool thing. Well, I'm not sure it was when I was at school. <laughs> but when I went to university, did music, then I trained to be a professional singer here at a music college in Manchester. And when I left, I wanted to see if I could find a way to combine my passion for music and technology. I was doing singing and I was doing a lot of teaching and singing, but I started to build websites. I started a web agency with my dad who had retired at that time. And if we fast forward a few more years, it was about five or six years ago, I set up a blog just for a bit of fun (laughs) on the side. It always starts that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And (laughs) it's kind of funny. You know, I had no idea. In fact, you know, people were talking to me about monetize, you know, have you thought of, you know, how are you monetizing it? And I was thinking, I'm not. (laughs) But because I was passionate about what I was writing about, I was writing about social media tools. And particularly, one of my passions is taking technology that is difficult for people to understand and making it easy for people to understand. Because I get frustrated when I see there's like documentation written by developers. And it's like, it's just so difficult to understand. Yes. So so I wrote all these blog posts that started to get a lot of traction. I wrote one on the tool Hootsuite, which I, it was slightly controversial. It was reasons not to use it. <laughs> and then I wrote a follow-up article on why you should use it. I was looking at the balance between the two. Yes. 
So, yeah, I did that. And then I took the courage to get on a plane to San Diego, which is a long way from where I am in the UK. And I went to Social Media Marketing World, which is one of the biggest social media conferences in the world. Love that conference. I have yeah. like eight pet sitters going with me in 2018 and hopefully oh, cool. we'll be able to meet you. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to that. So I went to that and that I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that changed my life because through that, through this people I, I met at that conference, I had all these other opportunities. I started speaking at conferences. I ended up speaking the following year at Social Media Marketing World. And incredible. It's kind of interesting because my background as a performer, I feel that it prepared me for the world of speaking because when I was just about to get on stage I was thinking to myself if I'm going to be truly honest with you what on earth am I doing here (laughs) (laughs) you know and then suddenly I got on stage and everything clicked into place and the fear and the nerves turned into just the energy and getting in front of the audience and helping them so yeah that was a really good experience so that's kind of a bit of a history there's probably other stuff I could mention but that, that'll really do for now <laughs> no I love that and I can totally relate and I do I hope that we connect this year so transitioning into social here like and when I say social I mean like pick a platform I mean come on <laughs> what do you think the common misconceptions are of social media well I think the hint is in the title. I'm not being funny here, but we forget this. It's social media. Mm-hmm. And I encounter this problem all the time. In fact, it's a problem that I sometimes fall into. And the fact that we can set everything up, we can save time, we can get some social media tools out there. And maybe as business owners as well, we're just so conscious. We want to get our message out there that we're just bombarding people with our message And forgetting that actually social media is about interacting with people, engaging with people, building relationships with people. And so it's something that I think all of us have to remind ourselves all the time that it's not a one way communication machine. It's listening. It's engaging. It's building relationships with people. And that definitely changed my life when I did that. And we all need to remind ourselves to continually do that. I love that. What comes to mind while you're saying that is the be social and brands or people, you know, they'll put something out there and people will comment, right? But brands or people, they might like it, but they're not like, hey, thanks so much. Or thanks, what did you really find useful about it? Or like, you know, just start that conversation of engaging. We're all wanting all this engagement, but we're not actually showing that we want it. <laughs> it's so true. And I can't remember who said that. It may have been Mark Schaefer who love him. talked about this. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love him too. And, you know, the thing is, the whole idea of brands and businesses, actually, you know, if you go back hundreds of years to the kind of the medieval marketplace, businesses were people and we interacted with people. You'd buy your vegetables from, I don't know, this guy that you knew in the marketplace and you'd talk. Yeah. And then things change. Your butcher and your cobbler and your, yeah. Exactly. Candlestick. Yeah, You have these conversations with these people. And then, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, it's the mass media. It's the kind of big business. And what social media does is it kind of brings back the people. So, you know, as brands, as businesses, we are now allowed to be people. Again, we are. We can interact with people and people are yearning for that. If you get a, like a tweet, a reply to a tweet from a real person at a big brand. Yeah, you feel, feel amazing. Feel 
lovely. You know, they feel this warm feeling inside. So I think it's bringing the power back to the people. And I think that's really powerful. It is. It is. It gives people that feeling that they're being listened to, that they're validated. That's the word I was looking for, you know? So taking that a next step further in order to actually connect with people, I know that you're really big in Facebook Live. So tell me some of your tips and tricks on that, on how we can take the misconception out of social isn't social and be that candlestick maker, if you will, and have that be able to create opportunities to have that almost face-to-face conversation with people through Facebook Live. Yeah, I think Facebook Live is like a continuation of all these other platforms. You know, I'm a big fan of Twitter and Mm -hmm. big fan of all these other networks. So you can have these kind of little conversations with people. But you know what Facebook Live does or, you know, any live video platform, it brings you flaws and all in front of your audience, you know, you can't hide because it's live. And the fact that it isn't always perfect, you know, I think we should strive for as much as we can to be professional, Mm -hmm. but it is still going to be live and it's going to show the human side. And people love that. People get to know the real person behind the brand. And for businesses, this is great because you can show behind the scenes. You can give demonstrations, how-to videos. And not only that, but people can ask you questions live and people feel they've got direct access to you. That is hugely powerful. We haven't really had that. You know, if you go back, you know, say three or four years ago, you would have to have very, very expensive technology to get the kind of quality that we're getting today. But now you can just do it with a smartphone. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. Absolutely. You just said behind the scenes and it made me think of, I've never actually thought of this before because, you know, a lot of our listeners, Ian, are pet sitters and dog walkers and people show like, oh, I'm walking a dog and stuff like this. But what happens if maybe you were a lunchtime let out kind of pet sitter? So that means the parents are at work. The dog needs to relieve himself. And you're out in the backyard with the dog, which, you know, you don't have to worry about privacy concerns and stuff. And you could say, I wonder how long it's going to take for this dog to relieve himself. Why don't you watch with me today? You know, and especially if you like, I mean, you could almost turn it into some funny, like the person who guesses like the right amount of minutes wins a gift certificate at the, I mean, and then people would be like checking out your site and like, okay, so yeah, you really do have to wait quite a while. Some dogs when they don't go and others do. And like, yeah video. Oh my gosh. And it's just such a warm and fuzzy industry that most of our listeners are in. It's just so easy. I had a great gal today. She got on camera and you're so right. There is perfection in the imperfections. And I think people are so afraid of the imperfections that it holds them back. So. Oh, you're so right. You know, (laughs) I shouldn't admit this, but I'm going to admit it that although I'm a huge advocate for live video and I love live video, I secretly really struggle with it. It's, uh-huh. you know, and that is a good thing, you know, but this is going back to me as a singer. Yes. I always dreaded getting on stage, but then as soon as I got there, it clicked into place. So yes. actually, if you're fearful of getting in front of the camera, that isn't a bad thing. It shows that you care, but then it's what you do with that. So you could give into that fear and then never do it. So yeah. 
but don't do that because you have a message. You have a message. You have an audience. People actually do want to see you. They actually like when things don't always go to plan. I have a weekly show and my co-host has a cat who decided to jump on the table and knock over her webcam. Oh, it, was, no. it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, it was one of my most popular ones. So, you know, when things like that happen, people think, oh, yeah, that happened to me the other day. You know, I think it brings that empathy, mm-hmm. empathy and yeah, humanity to it. So, yeah, the fear is going to be there. That's a good thing. But test it out first. You know, if you're on Facebook Live, get your mobile device, go to your profile. A bit of a tip to begin with, and I did this a lot. Just go live to your profile, change the privacy settings to only me. And then the only person that's going to see that is you. Yes. <laughs> so do that and then watch it back afterwards. You will probably, if you're like most people, you will probably hate looking at yourself. Yeah. But try to be constructive and then do it again and then just keep working at it. Do a challenge. Do like, a, I don't know, a seven day challenge to go live every day and you will get better at it. I love that. I don't know if you're like me, Ian. I'm actually wondering. I don't ever listen back to my podcasts or my Facebook lives unless I'm putting my Facebook live on like a boosted post or making like an advertisement out of it. I don't ever watch myself back because all I do is pick myself apart. (laughs) Yeah, but actually I would urge you to do it occasionally, not all the time. Yeah. And you will hate it. But this is what I do or what I used to do when I was teaching singing. When I got somebody singing and then I stopped them, I said, okay. And then they would usually go, oh, yeah, that wasn't any good. I said, why did you say that? Who's the singing teacher here? (laughs) And I said to them, look, at home, what I want you to do is the first thing that you need to say is, what did I do right there? The first thing you need to say is, what did I do right? And then once you've said that, then you can look at what you can do better. Because, you know, as a teacher, if I just like went in with the negative stuff first, I would be sacked, you know? (laughs) So, so yeah, do that first, be constructive, but it's a good thing because I've noticed when I did my first couple of lives, I had this tendency that I was looking away from the camera. If you're on your phone, you tend to look at yourself, Mm -hmm. but your camera is slightly away. So you'll notice with a lot of people when they do live, it kind of looks like they're looking away and you lose that connection if you do that. Totally. And it's the same if you're using a webcam. I'm a lot better than this now. I actually, at one point, I actually put, this sounds so silly, but I (laughs) printed something out on a bit of paper with arrows and I put it behind my webcam. So (laughs) I wasn't looking at myself or the other person I was speaking to. I was looking at the webcam. So maybe something like that might help. As you're saying that, right, we are recording this on Skype and I have your little box that you're in right up underneath my webcam and not down in the corner or like, because I try to be very cognizant of that because this is going to end up on YouTube and Facebook one day. Those are great tips, Ian. I love them. I love them. So that was actually a mistake that people are making on Facebook and how you can fix that. Any other tips or tricks about Facebook Live that you would give people? Well, I think I'm not a against being spontaneous and just going and doing a live. There's a place for that. But I think it's also good to have a plan and a strategy with these things. So, you know, and I think having maybe you could come up with two or three points that you want to put across on a video. So it could be maybe you've written a blog post. Uh So you might want to kind of take the three points from this blog post 
and do your live on that. Yes. In terms of the structure, this is another thing that I think works really well, because when you go live, the first people that will watch you are not the live viewers, because right. Facebook takes a time to invite people. So it might be two or three, four, or even longer minutes before people start to join. So the first people you should address are the replay viewers, the people that are watching later. So you've kind of got to imagine you're in a bit of a time machine here and you say, do. hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for watching the replay. In this video, we're going to be talking about da 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 And then you can start to welcome the live viewers who will hopefully come in at this point. Then get on with the show. And at the end, of course, like any other form of marketing, I suppose, you have a call to action. You tell people when they can come back and see you again. So just treat it like that. But at the end of it, remember, it will actually get posted to your Facebook page or profile. It will become a piece of evergreen content that will hopefully live forever. So you can do so many things with that. You can embed that on your website. Right you back on that blog people's... that you were just talking yeah. about, you know? Yeah. There's so many things, you know, don't forget about it. Once it's gone live, you can keep getting people to that live video. You could repurpose it into, you could write a blog post from it. Oh my goodness. There's so many things you can there's do. There's so, so many things. Yeah. I had a previous guest on that talked about the COPE method and that was C-O-P-E, create once, post everywhere. And I mean, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I always tell people that too. Every time you do a blog, you now have a Facebook Live. Something else I love in Facebook Live is tell people exactly what you're going to tell them off the bat so that they're not sitting there waiting for you to figure it out. But I love that mind shift that you said, Ian, about when you start those lives, start talking to the replay people because all your live people are not going to show up. And the majority of the people that actually watch it, like 95% sometimes, are going to be the replay people. So the fear of going live in front of people, you're not even really that live. What you're doing is taking away the extra work of having to edit something that you shot on your camera and then upload it. You know, you're being a mean machine. Ian, I love talking with you, but I want to shift into your next area of expertise, which is the web development. But first, we need a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And I'm here with Ian and we are talking everything serious social. I mean, I guess that's pretty much sums it all up. I know that you're also a web guy. So I was wondering if you can kind of go into more about that. A lot of pet sitters are looking for websites to be designed and to be developed. But I don't think we always say we need a website person. We don't ever really actually talk about the difference between a designer and a developer. So in your expertise, could you break that down for us? Well, yeah. I mean, think about your website like a house or a building. You know, you need to get it designed or, you know, by an architect. And then you need to get somebody who 
who's going to build it to plumb it in to get everything working and then you'll probably need to get it painted and decorated afterwards so it's the same with a website there needs to be the structure of the website it needs to be connected up to the electricity and all this kind of stuff but then it also needs to look beautiful so there are many different aspects to building a website and that can also mean that there's usually will be more than one person involved with that you do find some companies or some people who can do everything but most people will have their specialities so you will probably need a web developer who will Say, for example, it's a WordPress website, they'll create the WordPress website, yes. they'll add in all the plugins, they'll add the structure. But you'll also have then the designer who will come up maybe with the branding, with the logo, with the colors. Yes. Quite often what I do, I'm probably more of a developer. I, well, I am more of a developer, but I quite will work with designers to take their design and put that onto the website. So I will create the theme and the structure of the website. So that's quite often a way that people work. But of course, then there are other people, there are content writers, there's architects, user interface designers. I mean, we could go on. Right. There's loads and loads of people. So actually, when it comes to a website, there are a lot of things to think about. And don't assume that one person can do everything. Yes. I think that's what a lot of people are starting to learn these days, because they get someone to design their website and it doesn't look pretty. Or maybe it looks really pretty, but it's not functional or like SEO'd, right? Or they just try to do it themselves, which isn't always a bad thing if you have a background in it. So what do you think are some trends in websites? Because I see, you know, you look at a website and be like, oh my God, that's so 1990s or that's so five years ago. So what kind of trends do you see happening in websites these days? Well, I think we've gone through so many different stages with websites, you know, and I'm, I started building websites in really the late 90s. I mean, Uh my goodness, that dates me. (laughs) Um, But we're now at the situation where we've learned a lot. So yes, the design is really important. Looking beautiful is a good thing. But actually the functionality, the conversion. So we're looking at websites to what do we want a website for? That is a really good question. Why do you need a website? What do you want it to do? Right. And ultimately, everyone's business will be different, but you will want it to convert somehow. You will want it to convert to your contact page, to, yes. to buying your products or whatever. And so the website needs to work that way. So I think I'm seeing more and more businesses getting wise to this and getting a website that will, it may not look as beautiful as some other websites out there, but it doesn't matter because it converts better. It's simpler. And that's something that I've learned. I think we all get probably overly excited by some websites that look really snazzy. They, They have all these special effects going on. But actually, if you do the research and you look at what works in the, in your industry, it can quite often be a simpler website because, you know, otherwise you, the visitors will go there and they'll just get distracted. So what I'm hearing is that all that glitters isn't gold. <laughs> you want to be really more concerned how your website's converting. And, and even these days, right, like mobile friendliness uh, and then all these different devices that we have. So responsiveness and that your design adapts to whatever it's almost going to be like a chameleon, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just no question. It has to be a responsive website. Right. Which is not so much 
of a big deal these days. You know, if yeah. you're going for, say, like WordPress or whatever it is, yeah. you know, most of the themes will be responsive. So I have to ask you this question, and I hope I can be articulate enough. As I was researching you, you know those tabs up on the top of the screen where it tells you the title of your website? And there's the Favicon, is it called? Yeah. I noticed on yours, it's actually, I did a double take. I've never seen that title switch. It says, I'm feeling lonely right now. Then it says, my digital toolbox, 152. How did you do that? It's like magic. I've never oh, seen that before. Well, that's so cool. It's I so need cool. a hug. Like, <laughs> I was, it like really made me pay attention to that tab on my screen. I know. And it currently says on my website, says, don't you love me anymore? It's, um, <laughs> it's kind of like showing my sense of humor. So yeah, because I love technology. So it's a bit of code that okay. I... I kind of was it I something of, I said. <laughs> it just yeah. popped up. Sorry, it's just a bit of code that will do it. So actually, it's something that you can, you know, you can add to just any WordPress website. I should probably make it into a plugin actually, because it's basically when you go away from the tab, it just kind of like hopefully in a, not in an annoying way. No. It just says, "Hey, I'm here." You know, come back to me. Especially uh, because it's not like continuing on your title for the page. It's like I need a hug. Like what? Excuse me, what? <laughs> Fancy a cup of tea? That's the next one. I'm just going through all of them. It just, it's a great way to get your bounce rate like down yeah. too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ian, you were just such a wealth of information. Can you let our listeners know how they can contact you or maybe even cyberstalk you? <laughs> yeah, so my website is iag.me. So that stands for Ian Anderson Gray. That's where I blog. I blog about social media tools, live video. You can also get me on Twitter at IAG.me. That's I-A-G-D-O-T-M-E. And yeah, just on my blog, I've got loads of resources. I've got some courses on live video. Just say hello. You know, remember what is, when we talked about the beginning about the social part of social media. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, when I connect with people. So please do do that. Super. And for anyone wanting to check out any of his courses, you could use Bella20 for 20% off. Thank you for that. That was very gracious of you. For everyone listening, the best way to tell us that you like this episode is to comment and tell Ian how awesome he is to also like and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and share it out with all your friends and family. You guys remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.